Hello and welcome to the Tiger Lily podcast. I'm your host here. My name is Lily. In today's episode, we will be talking about saying goodbye to someone that you love and holding her hands for one last time. We have a very special guest today. Her name is Ivy. She's my classmate. She's my course mate, and someone who I always look for when it comes to grief. So, without further ado, Ivy, would you mind sharing with us what does grief mean to you? What does grief mean to me? I think grief is an overarching process that changes over time. So mm-hmm. I think we dr- we grieve differently in different circumstances, different situation, and mm-hmm. we also grieve differently as we love differently. So when we lost different kind of loss, we grieve differently, and everyone process is different. And in a way, mm-hmm. I would say that grief is pain. It is, mm-hmm. but it is also love, and it's a proof of long lasting love. Yeah. Yeah, I really like how you relate to grief as more than just grief. It's also about love and about pain. So when you mention it's about a long-lasting love, it's like what what do you mean by long-lasting love? I think we grieve because there's love for us for this person that we lost. If we do not have that mm-hmm. kind of love for this person that we lost, why would we even mm-hmm. grieve? If you heard about True. news, you might feel sad, but you don't grieve about it. Because mm-hmm. you just feel sad about the news, you just feel compassionate mm-hmm. and empathy, but that's not love. So we mm-hmm. grieve because it's love. And the longer we grieve, and from time to time we grieve for the person we lost, it also means that the love is so lasting, that's why. Do you think it's actually normal to grieve from time to time? Does it mean that you love from time to time? Um, I think it is normal for us to grieve from time to time. There's no start, there's no ending. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say you lost this person. Do we just grieve when we lost this person? Or before mm-hmm. that or after that? We don't know when does it start. Also, we do not know when does it end. From time to time, you still remember this person, you still love this person. Maybe the love has changed a bit, that's why the grief process changes. Or maybe we mature a bit, that's why we choose a different process to grieve. But I don't think that um, you can define, say that, okay, I start today and, and end tomorrow or something like that. I don't think it works that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because like it's quite common that we hear, oh, like it's been a year, it's been two years, it's been 10 years, like, why are you still sad about it or you should be able to cope with it by now? So, yeah, I feel like it's a long-lasting thing and there's no end and there's no beginning. So that's what I found really interesting when you said that. Because, like, for me, I always had this um, expectation to myself that I should be strong or whatever strong means. And... If I'm still grieving, that it means I'm weak. So that's how I always like help myself responsible sometimes. To be honest, I think to be able to grieve is powerful because to be able to mm. love is powerful. 
So mm-hmm. I think to be able to withstand and hold it inside you is actually a mm-hmm. form of strength. Strength. So what people mm-hmm. say is strong. I think for getting it or getting mm-hmm. over it is not just a sign of strength. I think to be able to withhold and hold it inside you daily is also a form of strength that you can show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another perspective, and that's true. And it's like to be able to hold it and also live with it and be able to survive while holding it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there any type of grief that you would like to share with us today? Anything specific? Mm, I'll share one very specific one that where I lost someone very dearly to me, which is my mm-hmm. grandmother, which I called Apo. Mm-hmm. It was like 10 years ago when she passed on from uh, acute leukemia. So I think mm-hmm. I was quite lucky enough to be by her side throughout the three months from diagnosis leading to her past. And mm-hmm. during that period of time, I think I spent most of days going to a hospital with her at the beginning and mm-hmm. staying by her side when she had this platelet or blood transfusion. Um, at that period, I would think that it was quite confusing period, I guess, because at that age, I was only like 19. So you wouldn't really learn. You need to learn on the spot, like what the process is, how does it go? And you do not know what to expect. So I remember clearly there was once where she had a, a resistant reaction towards the platelet transfusion. And I remember mm-hmm. holding her very closely and suddenly she was like shivering mm-hmm. and shaking. And also how I saw her heart rate went flatlined for a minute. So that's when I pressed mm-hmm. the emergency button. I was quite in shock, mm-hmm. but in a way I was quite calm at the moment. I didn't know why as well. Mm-hmm. But I remember also trying to hold her, like warm her up because she was shaking the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. It went okay after that. They resuscitated her. It was not a very long process. But then on, mm-hmm. it was very hard for me to, you know, just go away from her side whenever she was having like, you know, transfusion and doing anything. It was very hard for me to leave her side from then on. And this going to hospital period was daily or every couple of days. After that to daily, then towards the end, it was more like she was hospitalized or bedridden for two or three weeks. So what I did was uh, I moved my luggage to stay with her throughout. I was quite lucky because it was end of the year. So I was having like holidays at the time. So I had a time. Mm-hmm. And my family, we are very close in the family. So my family also spent most of the days in the hospital. So we had a room to ourselves and we actually made it like a little home to all of us. So basically, most of my family were, they, were there during the day most of the times. It was quite mm-hmm. kind of nice because we had our own um, place. Uh, we brought our own like coffee table, we brought our own Wi-Fi, everything. It was nice because I wasn't alone, neither was she. So um, mm-hmm. the lonely feeling doesn't feel, it feels like we are a family. There's a family living there. Mm-hmm. But I also do remember when um, she was hospitalized finally, then mm-hmm. uh, we had to decide after that whether to sign a DND or not. So when we sign a DND, basically is to choose to not resuscitate her if anything was to happen again. And mm-hmm. we did that because by that time, my grandmother, she was already 80 and mm-hmm. it was cancer. And mm-hmm. 
from our past experience, we have family with cancer as well. We know how long, how dreading and how much the suffering could be, not just for us, but also for um, my grandmother, especially at her age. To do all this, actually, we would maybe one day need to choose whether we want to off the switch or on the switch, that kind of decision. Mm -hmm. So we decided to sign a DND so that if she go, it would be in peace. Lah. So um, that's what happened. And that was the process. And the death part was um, towards the last day, at, uh, during the last day, I remember it was around 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 a.m., when I realized that she mm -hmm. was bloated. But because she was very skinny, uh, she, she became quite skinny for a while. Mm -hmm. And that day she was bloated. Mm -hmm. Then we checked she wasn't peeing anymore, which also indicates that there was organ failure. Really. But she was sleeping during that time. So what mm -hmm. I did was I called the nurse and mm -hmm. the reply they gave me was, what they told me was I should call everyone else in and it's time. To be honest, mm -hmm. I think it's a tough decision, but I was mm -hmm. briefed previously by my family what to do when such and such happened. So I just dialed numbers after dialed numbers to tell them, you know, it's time to come back. So we leave quite a distance away from the hospital. So by 4 a.m., mm. I remember everyone was there already, about 20 over of us, my whole family. So we were surrounding her uh, hospital bed while she was mm -hmm. sleeping. And she looked in peace, to be honest. And at that point, mm. uh, when they came, then her heart rate and blood pressure started uh, lowering to a point where it was undetectable on the machine. So what I did was I started to counter her pulse by hand until I couldn't detect it. And I do remember there was a moment where I was frantically searching for a pulse, but I couldn't. And when they asked me, what's the number now? Because like every few minutes, they'll ask me, oh, what's the number now? Uh, what's her pulse now? And I could not answer. And at some point then I just say that, oh, I can't find it. Then I walk out to call the doctor lah. So when the doctor came in after a while, um, it was close to 5 o'clock, 5 a.m. And that's when he checked and then announced her death, lah, her leaving. And mm -hmm. I think there was just a silence between all of us. And we just like looked down, some, some was tearing a bit, but we were also expecting it. So we just bowed and then, you know, slowly left the room. Lah. And the adults started to, you know, planning, calling, you know, the funeral parlor and all this. Actually, we already had contacts with them before that because we already do the planning for the funeral so that there won't be a havoc suddenly because it's not something that was unexpected. We, had, we knew that, you know, acute leukemia happens very fast and she's at the age already. So when they plan all these things, then my mom and I, with the help of two nurses, then we clean her body and help her change into her own clothes that she would be wearing for her funeral. And mm. then, yeah, I think after that, I just sat aside and waited. But I remember before I left the room, um, mm -hmm. for them to push her out to um, get to the funeral, I mean, the, the car, the van, to home. I think before that, mm -hmm. I remember I held her hands for the last time uh, and said that um, we would be fine. And... We all love you. Yeah, I remember that was the that was the last part that I talked to her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Yeah. And you were at such a young age. Mm, I think. Mm, theoretically, technically, I was quite young to handle it, but I was mm -hmm. also old enough to understand a lot of processes. So it was like a middle point. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was too young to understand all this. I think I was old enough. And my grandmother's past wasn't the first one in the family. So I had an aunt which um, battled with cancer for four years, four and a half years. And mm -hmm. um, she passed on much earlier. Lah. And that's why mm -hmm. we already knew how the processes would be because we have always been in and out of the hospital um, for a long period of time previously. That's why it wasn't like something we couldn't handle at all or we couldn't thought of at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you also mentioned that, you know, when you when you said that you held onto your hand for the last time, how, how do you feel at that time when you said, yeah, we're all going to be okay? Mm. Because I remember the night before, um, mm. in Chinese, we have a saying that it's called which is, means that the night before someone passes away, suddenly the person became very alert, which was what happened. Mm. She, she was not alert for the past week, but suddenly the night mm. before she was very alert. She remember all of us, she was talking to all of us. And then I remember people at the side started crying. But I was standing at the middle, I was smiling at her and nodding. That's why she was looking at me at that time. Because I believe that um, although when you someone pass, when if imagine mm -hmm. I was to pass, I know that people will be sad. I know that um, people will find it hard, they will grieve as well. But I will mm -hmm. also want to know that they are fine and mm -hmm. with their love and my love for them, we will all be able to live on and not be lonely. Mm -hmm. That's why I decided to say those last two sentences. Yeah. You're just like putting yourself into a shoes. Mm. Just imagine like uh maybe she could still hear it at the moment now. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like who knows, right? Yeah, who knows? Mm -hmm. When you held her hand at the time, was it like cold already or it was still warm? Mm, it wasn't fully cold. There's still a bit mm -hmm. of warmth, but you mm -hmm. can feel that it's still, still slowly becoming harder, but her hands were still not hard. It was still a bit soft. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That was... Mm, to me, to be honest, that wasn't a bad feeling. It was quite a good feeling to be able to hold her hands for the last time. Yeah. Yeah. And also you mentioned before how you were able to like measure her pulse and detect her pulse. Mm. I think you're used to like holding her hand and that's how you comfort each other. Mm -hmm. And how you find comfort in her and she finds comfort in you. Mm, that's what I hope, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when, when it's like when you couldn't find her beating, right? You were friend. You said that you were frantically trying to feel her pulse. How do you feel at that time? Like, mm, it was like a moment, like 
not just her heart did stop. It feel like your heartbeat will stop because you're trying to frantically searching for it. It's like yeah. you hope there is something, but at the same time, you mm -hmm. know this is going to end as well. So mm -hmm. I wasn't exactly sure what I was hoping at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, at that moment, it's like, is that it? Uh, what am I supposed mm -hmm. to do next? What am I supposed to say next? And mm -hmm. everything just feel like it stopped at the moment. But after that, mm -hmm. you get back, you know, you're composed and yeah, you understand that, you know, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is not what I can do. I can't do anything anymore. So I just go on with what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you felt like you were also as if you were touching your own pulse when you were touching her pulse. It's like as if that's your own life too. Mm, not really. I knew it was alive, but when you're touching it, you were... Mm -hmm. hoping for something but you weren't sure mm -hmm. what you're hoping for because you know that you want her to die in peace you wanted to go in peace mm -hmm. and she was in peace and everyone was there and um, if this is the moment then this is the moment but at that point of moment you will still have little hope of saying that oh maybe maybe i miss something maybe they're still there yeah i don't want to give like you know false hope or something like that that's why um, I was trying mm -hmm. to see whether she still has a pulse or she doesn't. So when I kind of, you know, quite sure that there wasn't any more, that's when I told everyone and I went to call the nurse and doctor. So like after since her passing, it's like, how, how did she live inside you even after her passing or how did she still exist? In, in life. I will say from time to time it's different. The process throughout from before until now is different. I remember what was very good during her funeral was that we didn't not to say we didn't cry or we didn't we weren't grieving about her death, but during the five days when we were doing the funeral, we were celebrating her life. Um mm -hmm. her older sister live with us mm -hmm. for that week and then every day she'll tell us a little bit story from her childhood until mm -hmm. uh what happened in their teenage life uh how how she met my grandfather <laughs> and yeah then we were listening to a lot of stories about that and she was telling me who they didn't like last time yeah who they mm -hmm. hated like you know all the nicknames they called people and my par my father and the siblings also joined in the conversation because the um, grand mm -hmm. grandsons, granddaughters, all of us are just like, you know, listening, trying to get more details and story. And then mm -hmm. our father, their siblings will join in the conversation as well and say that, oh, last time mm -hmm. who and who came over when they were younger and they didn't like who and yeah, they give who nicknames and mm -hmm. how my grandmother handled it and all this. So we were more about talking about her whole life during that period. So it was quite converting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But after that period, um, I remember there was a period of time where I couldn't really regulate myself. So I went um, mm -hmm. um, jogging. I ran. That's also when I started taking up dancing and also worked really hard for my studies because, you know, I wanted to make her proud of Mm -hmm. And within the first two years, when I was 
whenever I go back home, because she take a lot, you know, blood transfusion. So at the beginning, I would do a lot of uh, blood donations as well. And sometimes mm-hmm. I remember, I don't remember why, but I just drive that I will find myself driving to the hospital. And then mm-hmm. if I reach there, I'm already there. So I just went up to the, I remember it's fifth floor, I stood outside the room and imagining mm-hmm. life inside. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm not just imagining her life or my life, but our family, mm-hmm. like all the lives that was inside. The giggles, the talks, the jokes, uh, the games we play, everything. Basically, there was a life, a family, a home inside there. It was more mm-hmm. like a gathering of our family. I just mm-hmm. remember standing there and make myself being able to immerse myself in those moments which I miss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say on the outside, I'm always quite a calm or tough or strong person, if anyone say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I do handle her passing on quite well. But I don't think at that time, at that age, I allowed myself to grieve a lot. That's why I did a lot of activities to take up myself, uh, take my time up. So and the reason why I started working so hard for my studies is because um, I remember her last word to my parents were, you know, to trust me and trust that I know my way and would make my own way. It was quite surprising when she said that because I'm always the known as the stubborn kid in the family. So those words actually stuck with me. You know, although she's already passed on, but mm-hmm. having someone to trust you mm-hmm. whenever or whatever you do, it's a very powerful mm-hmm. feeling that mm-hmm. it stays. It stays even the person is no longer here. You still know that the person trusts you and you don't do not want to betray that trust, that kind of feeling. So I think that's when I started working very hard, yeah. Mm. Personally, I don't think there'll be an end to this grief. Lah. And she still mm. lives with me. She lives in me and my life. Even my passcode mm. also, I use her death anniversary. And sometimes even with my family, uh, when uh, because now my cousins, my sisters, they all started having kids and all this as well. So when we, we may talk about some stories or so on, we will link to our childhood and we will say that, oh, if she's still here, what would she say or how happy would she be and things like that. It's, we don't cut her off from our life. We just sometimes remember it and then bring her back to our life and say that, oh, if she's here now, what would she have say? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, although she has passed, but then she still lives on and then it kind of makes me wonder like what does it mean for a person to be alive does it mean that the person is not alive anymore even when she's not around physically or maybe she states she, she's probably even more alive inside you because of the trust mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. i'll say that although the person is not alive physically but the person is mm-hmm. alive in us then they are alive in us mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like the constant closeness in your heart? Even I wouldn't say it's a constant closeness, but mm-hmm. there is a connection there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think about someone 24-7. Yeah. 
24-7, it's impossible. You don't even think about yourself 24-7. Yes, impossible. It's impossible. But yeah. that doesn't mean the person is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like sometimes for me, I have the tendency to think like, oh, if that person really means that much to me, then I have to think about the person all the time or do things for the person all the time. But then like now after growing up, then I realized that I have so many responsibilities that, you know, it's just impossible to be with anyone or something all your life or all of my life. So it's something quite interesting that I'm still slowly accepting. Mm -hmm. I just think that there's, there's no way in saying to measure that how much you think about the person means how much you care about the person. Even mm -hmm. you don't think about the person doesn't mean you don't care about the person. Even if you think about the person doesn't mean that you care about the person. So there's no measure there. There's no measure there. If you care, you care, you love, you love, you grieve, you grieve. If the person lives in you, the person lives in you. It doesn't need to be a measurement or you don't need a judgment or proof. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and it's like I don't have to like always do something for a person in order to validate myself or others that the person means a lot to me. Yeah, there's still something I, I'm trying to accept as well. Mm, I think what one person needs is there acceptance is actually anyone grieving right now or like this, this, uh, or someone that has lost something, though. what mm -hmm. would you say to him or her? Yeah. Mm, to anyone that's grieving, be it now or late, has been a couple of years or maybe 10, 20 years, I would say that Trust your own process and allow your own feelings. Grief is not a mm -hmm. bad thing. It's actually a good thing, I think. Because like I said previously, to grief is to love. And love mm -hmm. is a powerful feeling. And love is also mm -hmm. a powerful language. And mm -hmm. no one would understand your grief better than you do. So there's no right way to do or um, right process. There's only your way to do it. Your own grief. You take your own process, you take your own choices, and you do it your way. And you need, if you need to take as long as possible to process it, if that's what you need, then just take it. And mm -hmm. I remember there's this saying, I forgot from which author or which person. They say that grief is love with nowhere to go. But personally, I mm -hmm. beg to differ. Because to mm -hmm. me, I think grief is love that is within within us, and mm -hmm. hence, they always have a place to go, which is in us, because we already give them a place in us when we grieve. So I don't think it's in love, there's no way to go. I don't think love needs to be outwardly, it can be inwardly. Mm -hmm. And if, let's say, we are now grieving, it's the beginning of the years or years later, and if you feel like this whole process and this whole loss is crazy. Maybe someone lose someone through suicide or uh, accident or anything. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. it sounds as crazy as it is, you feel as crazy as it is, then maybe it is. Who says it cannot be crazy? And mm -hmm. I don't think anyone can tell you 
or should tell you otherwise. So I think the most important is to accept your own grief, your loss, your love, because you grieve because the person is worth it for you to grieve and you are also worth it. That's why you should allow yourself to grieve. And some say grieving is a very lonely process. I would say that mm -hmm. if they left knowing that they are being loved, they won't be lonely, even though they are alone in the journey of going to the other side. Mm -hmm. But they are not lonely because they have our love with them when they left. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I would just say, give yourself time, la. trust yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you, Amy, for sharing with us. And I really enjoyed it too, because I feel like I need it too in this grieving process and to have someone like you to be with me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all for this episode and we hope you guys enjoy listening to this. Okay, I hope I'm not awkward. <laughs>